Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Get right into things tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, tonight, speak to our soul, stretch our faith, open the eyes of our understanding that we not only are hearers of the word, but we can put into practice with the utmost confidence that you are our Lord, our Savior, our healer. In your precious name, Jesus, amen. Last Wednesday, now we're talking about a healing attitude. And last Wednesday night, I had mentioned this story. And it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But I want to go to Luke chapter 5 tonight. And I want to just kind of read the story of the, uh, the, the man that was carried in by his four friends to be healed by Jesus. And, and so, you, you know the story that the room was full. So let's get into this, Luke five seventeen, And now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, um, Jerusalem, Judea, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Say them. Yeah. yeah. And then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him, before Jesus. And when they could not find uh, how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and they let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and Pharisees, they begin to reason, say, who is this who speaks blasphemies, who can forgive sin but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, now there's so much in here, you all. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Jesus saw their faith. When he perceived their thoughts, he answered them, why are you reasoning in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or rise and walk? Which is easier? Well, we're going to talk about that some tonight. Verse 24, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sin. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and walk. So y'all check this out. Hey, you guys, look, Nazareth. I saw what you did to the leopard on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leper. That's our rope! Put it back, man! If you are willing, Rabbi, I know you can do this.
what you wanted. Get out your tablet at least. Certainly not the authority of any rabbi from Nazareth. Where did you study? Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God or all? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven. Or rise up and walk. It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you. And so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise. Pick up your bed and go home. Right? Yeah. You know, sometimes uh, all you need is a little visual, and it just inspires your heart. You know, I, I, if you haven't seen The Chosen, let me encourage you, first of all, you have got to watch these episodes. 
because as I was watching this and we were, you know, thinking about our talk and, and Paul and I were talking about what could, if we could use some of this, I thought this is perfect to kind of give you this visual of, uh, of the realities of who our Lord is. And when you see something like this take place, there's, there's a few things I want you to, to kind of, you know, take home with you tonight. And, and the first one is this, that Jesus hasn't changed. You understand that? I, I know religion has taught us for, for, for generations that things went away and it was just him. But that is not scriptural, you all. Jesus Christ has not changed. He is the same today as he was right there in that video when we watched this miraculous event take place. I think it's our role to, to be humble enough to sit at the feet of Jesus long enough for him to change the way we think. The interesting thing is, uh, when you look at <clears throat> this group of people, uh, and, and, and I will say this about the chosen, obviously they have taken some liberties as far as drama and things of that nature. So if you're wanting, if you're wanting to dissect this scripturally and be a modern day Pharisee, then it won't be for you. This is a paraphrase of what the scriptures, just like the message is. So, so don't be that person because you, God won't be able to minister to you with this. But when you see the faith of these people, because when they show up, they can't get in. I, I can't help but wonder, this is one of the things I mentioned last week, how many of us would give up when we go and we don't get the opportunity, we can't get in, we don't get our way, we don't see an instant result. And so often it's, it's in those moments that we quit. See, faith doesn't. Uh, and, and the reason I titled my talk A Healing Attitude, this group of individuals had, had enough of an attitude to tear somebody's roof off their, their house, to get their friend to Jesus. They obviously believed in something, right? And the two big things that you'll see in this passage, number one, the power of the Lord was present to heal them, but only one person left healed. Was that because he was the only sick person there? It could have been. We don't know for certain. But the Bible says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So it could, them could have been healed, but him got healed. Faith is a factor. It's not just if it's God's will. But so often we have the tendency to lead over into that ditch because it's just easier for us to blame God. When we don't get the result that we're believing for, and God forbid we should reevaluate our faith. See, I love that statement when he looks up at the woman and he says, your faith is beautiful. It was, I mean, she didn't question. But the interesting thing that the, 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 this episode brings out is she mentions, because in, in, the, in the movie, she saw what happened to the leper. And the first thing the leper asked Jesus when he's, he says, I know you can if you will. And Jesus said, just for you, I will. Now, he sets precedent. He establishes covenant. You see, you have to understand something, you all. Jesus is, he's on the planet demonstrating, because if you notice the scripture says, so that you will know that the Son of Man, not Son of God, Son of God laid his deity aside and became a human born of a woman. 
He says, so that you will know the Son of Man has authority on this earth. I'm going to show you something. And then he tells the guy to get up. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. And then the second thing I want to highlight is when Jesus saw their faith. See, so often I think we, we look at stories in the Bible and, and we're like, man, I want that. You have, you have to understand something. They didn't, have, they didn't have a New Testament. They heard a story. For example, that particular account, they heard about the leper. Who knows, who knows who else they heard of Jesus doing and performing miracles, healing people? See, it's way, it's way too easy for us to get frustrated and just let go of our faith when things don't go our way. The, this guy's friends, they refused to let the circumstances stop them from getting their friend to Jesus. It's, it's like they had, and, and that's the thing I love about their approach, this I mean, it was, a, it was a, a, a pretty bold approach to things. They had a tear the roof off the house attitude. And, and so for us today, I want you leaving here. If, if you're battling something in your body, if, because sickness is a real thing. Instead of getting frustrated and, 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 and crying and, and why God, be bold about this and, and, and get into the word of God and find promises from God's word. Use this story right here. The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. The Apostle James says that the Lord shows favoritism to nobody. So, if God healed the leper, if he healed this gentleman that, that they let down, then that's a good way to put it, Jack. We're candidates. As a matter of fact, if, you, if you'll do an in-depth study of the New Testament, if you'll follow the life of Jesus zero times, zero when people came to Jesus for, for healing, 100% went away healed. Not one time did he say, let me check with the Father to see if it's his will. Let me pray about it. Maybe God's testing you. None of those, none of those religious excuses that we use today, none of those are in the New Testament. See, we have to get to this place where we, we begin to develop this kind of attitude. You see, what if Jesus, now, now think about this for a second, you all. What if Jesus meant what he said when he, makes the, when he made this statement? According to your faith, let it be done to you. What, I wonder if that's actually what he meant. See, I, 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 now, now please understand me. Jesus is still the healer today. You remember last week we highlighted this statement, his, his name, his redemptive name is Jehovah Rapha in the Hebrew. He is the Lord healer. Well, his name is also <clears throat> the Lord Savior. He, not a different Lord. He's the same Lord. Uh, and, and so for us today, because of our born again nature, what we believe has the capability. Now, please get this. What we believe has the capability of turning into faith. But sometimes, some people think faith is just believing. It's not just believing because uh, according to the Apostle James, faith without a corresponding action is useless. You, have to, you actually have to have some action with your faith. See, these people, this group, they, they believed so strongly that they went up on a stranger's house and tore, the, tore a hole in the roof. I just wonder if we would be that radical today. 
with our symptoms, if we be so bold about it, if, if we're just in, in and, and you don't quit. See, so often we allow uh, the things of this world, uh, the unbelief to creep in. You see, you understand something, guys. Faith is what the kingdom of God revolves around. I heard one, one of my mentors, he said it like this. You'll like this, Jack. He said, faith is the currency of the kingdom of heaven. That's how we navigate that world. There's only one way in. You have to believe it. No other way can you be born again. No other way into this kingdom of heaven. You must believe it. And the Apostle Paul in the book of Colossians says, the same way you receive Christ is how you live your life in Christ. You have to believe it right in the face of no change. Right in the face of symptoms, right in the face of doctor's reports, when it comes to healing, there is no gray area. But we have over the years because, and I, I blame myself, because we don't talk about it enough, because we get so much pushback because of unbelief, because of religious tradition. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Because of pride. Because we don't want to self-evaluate. It's just easier. Well, I prayed the prayer, Lord. You didn't do your part. Eh. Let me show you this today. Matthew chapter 17. Y'all okay? All right. Now, this story, you've heard me talk about this many times. But this is the story where there is the <clears throat> father and the epileptic son is in town and Jesus with Peter, James, and John are up on this mountain where Jesus is transfigured and Moses and Elijah show up. Remember the story? And so they're all talk, talking, those, that group is. But at the same time, down in, in, in the city, the rest of the disciples are there. And you have to understand at this point in the gospel account, Jesus has already called the 12 in. He's already given them authority and power to go into all of the cities. And he says, you go preach the gospel and you heal the sick. And they were doing it until Matthew 17. So what happened? Because in Matthew 17, <clears throat> the father shows up with the epileptic son and he's having, you know, he's demon possessed and the demon pushes back. Watch this. Verse 17. So Jesus and, he, and Peter, James, and John show up on the scene, and they're telling him the situation. The father's actually talking to Jesus, and Jesus makes this statement. Jesus answered, and he said, now, now listen carefully, because the father of the son is there. There's a whole group of people there, and his disciples are there, and he looks at them, and he says, you faithless, perverse generation. Now, what's that mean? You, you have this twisted belief about you. Your, your, your thought life is, is jacked up. How long shall I be with you? Watch this. How long do I have to put up with you? Now, now understand that's pretty harsh, isn't it? I think sometimes when it comes to this subject, the enemy has had way too much influence in our thinking because symptoms are real. 
and everyone has not walked this out with, with victory. You know my testimony. My mom lives in heaven. She lost a battle with cancer, and it shouldn't have been that way. And we've talked about this many times, and, and listen, I'm okay, and, and I promise you, my mom's okay. <laughs> so it, it's all good. I, you know, I, I, I would love for her to have been here, but she's not. So, you know, so we've all had people like that in our lives, loved ones, and that, that didn't win the battle completely. But listen, you don't want to go to heaven any other way than fighting the good fight of faith. You want to show up in front of Jesus, and he's like, man, you were knocking it out of the park, but you just, you know, you didn't, you didn't get enough of it yet. You know, here's, here's one of the things I learned from Brother Hagin years ago. Sometimes if you're new in these things and symptoms are, are rapid and strong and overwhelming in your life, to get your way of thinking, to get your believing to a degree where you can overcome that, sometimes it's difficult. And sometimes saints go home. And it's not fair, and we don't like it, but you have to understand, it's not just in God's department. I know people have been, they have, that's probably the biggest thing that's been pushed down the, the church's throat ever since I've been a believer. That was part of the reason my mom struggled, because her entire Christian life, she was taught, well, if it's God's will, he'll heal you. And if he doesn't heal you, then it wasn't his will to heal you. But do you, do you, if you will take just a moment and listen to how ridiculous that sounds, because if it's God's will for your loved one to be saved, then he'd save him. But if, if it's not his will for you, him to save your loved one, then why are you praying for your loved one? Because he's going to hell. If it's God's will, you, you see, there's, there, there's no faith in that, Chad. And we are designed, we are built, we are called, we are expected to live lives of faith. And Jesus says, you faithless, perverse generation, how long have I got to deal with you about this stuff? And then he said this, bring the boy here. And of course, the demon in the boy acts up, and Jesus tells him to shut up and come out, and he heals the boy right there. Now, in John chapter 14, Jesus said, the things I do, you can do. In Mark chapter 16, he said, these signs will follow them that believe. The Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit or the Lord went with the disciples accompanying them with signs following, accompanying the word. And then in verse 20, so Jesus, the disciples are asking Jesus about this, and he says, Lord, why couldn't we do this? Look at it. Because of your unbelief. Now, they had been healing people. You understand? Jesus had given them power. Now, now, now listen, they weren't born again. That's why he had to give them this power. He had to anoint them for this, this job because they weren't born again. You have the same spirit. We have the same spirit in us that functioned in Jesus. Same spirit. And what we have to do is learn how to yield to that in the face of, uh, of confusion and pain and suffering and all those things. And you don't see a, an instant result. Instead of getting frustrated and wanting to shift blame to Jesus and ask why, look, look at yourself, Lord, help me see this. And then you get into that book. He said, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. And watch this. Nothing. How much? Nothing will be impossible to you. 
But here's the thing. Over the years, one of the things that I've talked to people about, that's, that's been one of the big questions. Well, I just, Jack, I just need more faith. I just need more faith. No, you don't need more faith. You have faith in you. When you, when you were born again, you have faith. God put the seed of faith inside you. Now, it may need to be developed, but you have faith. And it doesn't, you know, some people, well, I need bigger faith. No, you don't need bigger faith. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could tell a mountain to move. I'm quoting Jesus. You understand that? And so when we see these statements, instead of them just being some religious thing, let's, let's take a step back. As a matter of fact, uh, as I was praying for you all tonight, one of the things that the Lord reminded me of is that what you should probably try is these notes in this talk tonight. Just take them and meditate them. That one in Matthew. Just meditate it. This one here in Mark chapter 11, dealing with our faith. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say, you can say, well, let's say, Chad, let's say you've got faith the size of a mustard seed, but you're still growing spiritually. Maybe, you know, you ever wonder why Jesus calls us his little children? Because in the scope of eternity, we're children. Some of us, we're still babies in, in much of the revelation of the things of God. As a pastor over the years, here's the thing I've learned. We're all at different places in our journey, and some people have a, a, a much deeper revelation of certain things concerning the gospel in the New Testament, but other people have different revelations. And then some have things on healing, some have things on prosperity. It's all in there. What do you meditate, though? Can, can I give you an example? See, for example, let's take Mark chapter 11 uh, in, in verse 22. Now, you know the story. Jesus spoke to a tree. And, and the thing is, I was thinking about this. <laughs> Wendy, Jesus spoke results. He wasn't asking questions. He never, you know, he asked the Father some things about him a few times. But in general, he just spoke results. He, he went up to that tree expecting to have fruit on it and there wasn't anything on it. And he said, no fruit produced from you ever again. And he walked on down the street. He didn't look back to see if anything was going on. He knew his words went to work right away. And the Bible tells us that from the roots, that, that, the next day it was, it was dead. But when his disciples asked him about it, they said, Lord, this tree. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus said, this is one of his profound statements, because he's asking about a tree, and he says, have faith in God. But he's asking about a tree. He's asking more than about the tree, because they saw Jesus talk to the tree. Huh? And he says this, just like, just like in Matthew, same thing again, for assuredly. You know, this, this is what I do with passages. I take, for example, I take Mark 11, 23, 22 and 23. I keep it together, and I, I put it in front of me, and I read it, and I meditate it. Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believe the thing that he says will come to pass, he'll have what he says. For assuredly I say to you, and I meditate that, Jesus is talking to me. I shut my eyes, just like in this movie. And that woman's looking down, and he says, your faith is beautiful. I would, I would love for Jesus to tell me my faith is beautiful. 
Well, he does. Sometimes we're just not listening because we're so consumed with humanity. My question tonight is this. How real is this stuff to you? Is this just religion? Or is this the new world that you belong to? And we have to, just like in humanity, from a child to an adult, you have to learn how to navigate and function in society. Some do it more successful. Some do it much better than others do. Some never grow up. People say, well, a bunch of you men, y'all just big kids. Okay. <laughs> There's some truth in that. That same principle applies spiritually, you all. Now, I, I say this with love and respect, and I also warn you, don't let the enemy mess with your head because there's no condemnation. But if you think for one second that you're going to walk in a higher revelation of the spiritual realities of what Jesus died for by getting a little sermon on a Wednesday night, you are thoroughly confused. Amen. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. You have to sit at the feet of Jesus. You have to want this. You have to come to the place where you meditate this. And all right, Jesus, you told me that if I will believe in my heart and not doubt, believe the thing I say will come to pass, I will have what I say. Therefore, body, I talk to you tonight. And I'm telling you to obey the it is written in my life. And your body says, watch this. Ah, pressure. Don't think it won't. Because the body is of this world. Your spirit is of his world, and you have to learn how to function in that world. And it, sometimes it will take time for you to grow to that place. Why, that, that's why he told his disciples that had already been healing. Lord, why couldn't we do this? He said, because of your unbelief. You allowed unbelief in, and it chipped away at your faith, and you, you weren't strong that day. That's why Romans 4 gives us that beautiful picture of how Abraham grew stronger in his faith, not considering his condition. He didn't waver at the promise, not considering his condition. He didn't waver at the promise, not considering his condition. He didn't waver at the promise, being fully convinced that what God said he would. But to get to that place... It's not a magic trick. It's not, God, I wish you would do it. God, would you show me something? No, 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 no. There has to be transformation here. R Romans 4 lets us know Abraham grew stronger in his faith. That's what this is going to take. Because if it was just God doing it, then God would just do it. Let me rephrase that so it'll help you. God already did it. Listen carefully. The healing covenant was paid for at the cross. The same cross that provides salvation provides healing. The same, the, the same blood that was shed, the, the beating that Jesus took. Peter lets us know that, you know, looking back at Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, looking forward to the cross, saw Jesus being, being brutally destroyed. And he said that by his stripes... Isaiah seen by the beating he was going to take, he took our iniquities and by his beatings we were healed. In Matthew, the Bible says that Jesus fulfilled what Isaiah spoke in his own body. He, he took our sicknesses and, and diseases. And then Peter, looking back at the cross, said he has done it. You were healed. So who was Peter talking to that day when he said you were healed? See, his letter was written to the church, not just a special group. Guys, there is no special group, okay? There's, there's the born again and there's the dead. 
No special group. And if you're born again, then you are washed in the blood of Jesus and you have the same covenant. And I know we, we just, we want it, we want it, we want it. But what if it doesn't work like that, you all? What if you actually have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? What if you're the one that has to operate in the authority inspired by the Holy Spirit here on this planet? Yeah. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and doesn't doubt in his heart, doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes the thing he says will come to pass. He will have what he says. Who said that? Jesus said that. How many of you believe Jesus? See, if you believe John 3, 16, you've got to believe this. Even in the face of you not seeing it yet. Paul actually says this in 2 Corinthians. He says, having the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith as who? Jesus. Same spirit of faith as him. We believe, and therefore we speak. The book of Job 22, Job says this, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. You see, when it comes to talking like God, consistency is a key. You see, when you speak the words of God over your situation consistently, that's why we make those cards so that you all can take them home. And there's no magic trick in that card just because you say it. Listen, Hollywood says stuff. You know, this guy playing Jesus in this movie, I mean, he's, he's a wonderful believer. But there, we, I, I've seen people over the years play Jesus that weren't. It's a script. So until it comes off the page and is a revelation in your soul, it's just words. But when that revelation takes place and you begin to speak to your situation, see, your mountain might be the report the doctor just gave you. Instead of magnifying the report, can I tell you a quick story? Man, my time's running out, but that's okay. We, we, got, we call it a series for a reason. <laughs> I may have told you this story before, but there's this lady that uh, I followed years ago. And she's a wonderful minister of the gospel, and she believes in the healing power of God. And she was playing with her dog one night. And the dog, it, she snuck up on the dog, and it scared the dog, and the dog just turned around, snapped, and bit a whole chunk out of her face right here. And, and, I mean, tore her inside of her mouth. She couldn't even talk, and the doctors said she would have to have lengthy, several plastic surgeries, and, you know, it was, it was brutal. And she's like, okay. And she listened to what the doctor said, and she went and had the first procedure done. And it was all stitched up, and she couldn't, you know, she couldn't even talk out of her mouth. And she had a, an engagement to speak a few months later. And so she said, you know what? I'm putting what I preach into practice. And so she, she said, I'm coming. And no, no change. I'm talking, we're talking months now, okay? No change. And she's speaking over it, and she's speaking over it, and she's commanding it, and she's got her, she's speaking the word over it. And here's the thing. Well, and she got up in front of the people and tells the story, and she's speaking over it and speaking over it, and she's preaching out the side of her mouth. Until she wasn't preaching out the side of her mouth. Hmm. It is real, Jack. But for us to get, see, most of us, 
We would just succumb to whatever the doctors, and I'm not saying don't do what doctors say. I am not saying that. But once she got the revelation, now she went back to the doctor, but she said, I'm not doing any more of those procedures. And she, you know, of course, the doctor, doctors will think you crazy when you say stuff like that. Until she went back and he looked at her. I mean, I have testimonies. I, I get stacks of them. Well, when's it going to happen here? I don't know, but it's going to happen here. According to Mark 11, 3, it's going to happen here. See, this is the thing. We have people here, and it has to some degree, Chad. Chad, you're right. It has happened. We just don't have the testimonies all the time. We have, we have them here and there. See, consistency is the key to us speaking the things of God because it's the seed of God that changes the soul of man. See, it's not just saying anything, though, you all. It's speaking God's word of faith over your life. It's speaking it with an understanding and with confidence. See, that's the thing about a healing attitude. You've got to know that God's, God's at work in your life right now. You've got to tell your body, you shut your mouth. You're going to do what I tell you. You will obey my words. And you can't just do it. Sometimes you can't just do it one time. Let's not forget this. The book of Proverbs makes it very clear. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. James chapter 3 says it like this. And so blessing and cursing come. This is out of the New Living. They come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this isn't right. This isn't right. You can't talk the blessing and the cursing. You can't talk, the, you can't talk God's promise and the problem at the same time. He says this, does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives? Does a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. What's he talking about? He's talking about your mouth. So when you go back and you look at the example that we started our talk with in Luke, this is why Jesus asked this question. And I love the caption in this when he, when he looked over at the Pharisees for a second and then he looked back at her and he wouldn't give them the time of day. He wouldn't, he wouldn't allow religion to phase him for a second. Make no mistake, the enemy knows his number one weapon of choice is religion. <clears throat> if, he can, if he can get inside the church and give you some alternative to think, he's got you broke. But we're living in a time in history I truly believe this with all my heart, that God is raising up his church for such a time as this. And he's, he's looking for volunteers that will say, okay, Lord, I'm willing to just look absolutely ridiculous. I'm, really, I'm willing to tear the roof off of something. That's right, Jack, he is. And so we have to get to that place where we're willing to fall flat on our face and be humble enough to say, Lord, I, I tried that and it didn't work. I know, get up, let me brush you off. Now get back in there. Huh? Remember when you was riding a bike with your little kid? And you crashed and your parents got you up and brushed you off, got right back on it. Yeah, it's the same with this. It's just arrogance on our part to think, well, I tried it and it didn't work. And it should have worked because I'm all that. So when you look at this story in, in, in the Gospel of Luke, <clears throat> this is why Jesus asked this question. Which is easier to say? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? 
Which is easier? See, we have to believe he's, listen very carefully. We have to believe he's healer, just like we have to believe he's forgiver. We don't have a problem believing he's a forgiver, do we? You know what? But if you, if you roll back the clock to that day when the Pharisees were there, they didn't have a problem with Jesus healing the dude. They had a problem with him forgiving sin. Now it's just the opposite. Nobody struggles with Jesus. Yeah, Jesus to forgive sin, but heal today? Well, that's, a, that's an if it's his will kind of thing. That's not even biblical. What happened? Preachers happened. I take the blame. So for me and my house, we're going to dig into this. And we're going to have it. We're going to, why? Because I want you to be able to sit down at a Starbucks and have a conversation with somebody about healing and not be embarrassed about it. That's one of the big things we, we, we're ashamed. Because I used to be that way because I watched my mom get, get uh, destroyed by cancer. And it, it shook me because I knew better. But there wasn't anything I could do. Why couldn't you do something, man of faith? Because it wasn't up to my faith. It was up to her faith. She had a choice. Remember the Bible said this in, in Luke. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. But them didn't get healed. Him got healed. What did Jesus tell the people, his disciples and all those around? Because of your unbelief, you couldn't do it. And then he goes on to talk about that situation in Matthew. And he says, now listen, guys. He said, this one comes out with prayer and fasting. You've got to separate yourself for this kind of life. You've got to, you've got to be in the presence and in the power of God to execute that kind of authority and power on the planet. But spiritual realities, man, most of the church, we're just weekend warriors. We, we, we want to go to heaven. We're good moral people. We love Jesus and all those things. But, but walking in this level of authority and power, I can tell you from experience, from watching my father in the faith, Brother Hagin, people are crazy. And because God did some stuff in his life, <clears throat> And he fought it his whole life on the planet. People would, they elevated the man. And he had to fight that his whole life. But I mean, I would, I would watch him and how he would handle people. And I would see how people were. Uh, it just, just crazy because they, they would think, if I can just get to Brother Hagin, and Brother Hagin like, I'm not the healer. <clears throat> the Lord is the healer. I'm just a vessel that he's flowing through during this time in history. God was using Brother Hagin, but the only reason that God used Brother Hagin at that level is because Brother Hagin set himself apart. That's the Matthew uh, principle that Jesus said, you got to set yourself apart for this kind of living. You can't have a couple hours of the gospel and then a couple hours of HBO, shoot him up, kill him. Let's go sleep with somebody else's wife. Oh, it's just entertainment, is it? Your soul is being manipulated, and you think it's okay because society says it's okay. It's not okay. That's the reason it doesn't flow. It's like trying to flow water through a pipe that's got all kind of junk in it. Y'all okay? I I know this is kind of harsh tonight. Okay. The second thing I want to leave you with is this. Jesus saw their faith. When he saw their faith, they stepped out and did something. They didn't know the result. Uh, In the scriptures, the lady said, if you will. The scriptures don't say that about this passage, but that was their question. Lord, we're tearing the roof off. We're here. We don't know if you will or not, but we're here. I saw what you did. If you will. He said, "Let let me check with the Father. Hang on, I'll get back with you. Never, never, you all. 
Never. See, when their faith connected with the power of Jesus, it produced a result. Hmm? So don't entertain thoughts like this. You don't have enough faith. You do. It's in you. Coming to a talk like this stirs that thing up. Are you with me? See, that's the thing you have to understand. The paralyzed man and his friends, they had, they had faith. They stepped out where they were, believing God. Now, Jesus, on the other hand, was full of the Holy Ghost. and So I've got to do my part as your shepherd to make sure I'm full of the Holy Ghost enough that if you come to me, I can respond to something. Now, now don't come to me as your healer. I'm not your, don't, don't do that. I'm not your healer. But somebody has to get to a place where they flow in this stuff. I think you're in this room tonight for a reason. I think the Lord knew what we would be talking about, and that's why you're here. Yeah? The same cross that made salvation available made healing available. Amen? Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the privilege of serving in your kingdom. Holy Spirit, may your healing power manifest tonight. Just like it was present to heal them that day, it's present to heal us this day. We receive it by faith. We lay claim to it, and we begin to speak to our mountain. We are the healed of the Lord. In your precious name, Jesus, amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.